0: Welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of ELI's People, Places, Planet podcast. My name is Elisa Torres Soto, and I'm a staff attorney at ELI. Before we jump into today's podcast, I wanted to note that we're doing something a little different this week and publishing this episode twice, once in English and once in Spanish. The original version was recorded in Spanish, the preferred language of our podcast guests. This version was recorded from a transcript of our original interview. Offering this particular podcast in both Spanish and English ensures it is more accessible to communities in Puerto Rico who are impacted by the issues we will be discussing today. Now to jump in. The Maria Pena channel is an urban tidal channel connected to the San Juan Bay estuary located in Puerto Rico's capital of San Juan. The San Juan Bay Estuary is the only estuary outside the continental U.S. designated as an estuary of national importance by the EPA. The Martín Peña Channel area is comprised of eight communities located in the heart of San Juan. Barrio Obrero Marina, Barrio Obrero San Ciprián, Las Monjas, Israel y Bitmul, Buenavista-Atorrey, Parada 27, Buenavista-Santurce, and Cantera. The ancestors of these communities migrated from all parts of the island in the early 20th century to this space, which is a coastal mangrove forest. Hundreds of families came to the capital wanting to start over after the devastation left by Hurricane San Ciprian in 1932. According to the 2020 census, nearly 11,000 people live in the Martín Peña Channel area. Because these communities were developed with little to no planning or government intervention until almost Five decades after Hurricane San Cipriano hit the island, a great strain was put on the surrounding ecosystem, which is, in turn, directly affecting the communities. One of the biggest issues that the communities face is constant flooding. The floods expose the residents to highly contaminated waters, which constitutes a great public health risk. In an effort to address these floods and other impacts under the newly approved federal infrastructure law, the federal government is putting $163 million towards the restoration of the Martin Peña Channel and the area surrounding the San Juan Bay estuary. This includes a dredging project that is set to start in 2023. However, these communities have already been working to address the floods and ecosystem impacts for years. They are resilient, advocates, and fighters. From the youngest to the oldest, they know how to roll up their sleeves and get to work for the prosperity of their communities. Today, I am accompanied by three young community leaders from the Martin Peña Channel area communities who are speaking on behalf of their organization, Líderes Jovenes en Acción, or LIHAC. In English, the full name translates to Young Leaders in Action. Cristal Hegel, Mayrita Rosario, and Jamie Benitez. Thank you all for being willing to share your experiences with us today.
2: Thank you. It's an honor for us to be part of this podcast. Thank you.
1: Can you talk more about the LIHAC?
2: It's Cristal speaking. LIHAC was registered as a nonprofit organization in the year 2007 in Puerto Rico's Department of State. However, it's a youth organization that has existed since the year 2002. Our group's objectives are to develop and strengthen youth leadership skills and to promote critical thinking and analysis in this population in order to stimulate young people to participate in decision-making inside and outside our communities because we recognize that it is important that young people give their opinion in the decision-making processes because they're the present and not only the future.
1: Thank you, Cristal. And how long have each of you been a member of this organization?
3: It's Mayrita speaking. I have been a member of LeHack since I was 10 years old. So that means that I have been in the LIHAC organization for 12 years.
2: It's Krista speaking. I've been in LeHack since I was 10 years old. So I have also been in LeHack for 12 years.
0: It's Jamie speaking. And I have been a member of the LeHack organization for three years. Thank
2: you.
1: And what have you learned during your time as a member of LIHAC?
0: It's Jamie speaking, and I have learned to respect opinions,
3: problem solving, and to be a leader in the community and in school. It's Mairita speaking, and I have learned during the time I have been in LIHAC that it's always good to let everybody know what you think, that I'm a good leader to many people, When people tell me that, I'm surprised because I do not see myself as a leader. Also, it helps me to express myself and be aware of things that happen nowadays, like the problems that we've had in our government and everything that has happened after Hurricane Maria.
2: It's Cristal speaking. In Lihac, I've learned to always say what I think and to not stay quiet in the face of injustices. I've also learned the importance of getting involved in my community to resolve issues, because if I don't do it myself, then who is going to do it? And who are we waiting for to get the issues resolved? Additionally, I have learned to constantly keep myself informed of what is happening in our communities and in our country.
1: Thanks. And why do you think it is important that young people participate in the decisions that impact their communities?
0: I think that young people have to give importance to these decisions because it is where they live and probably where their children will live. Thus, the decisions that are being made will affect them. And the people in our communities have been helping the communities for many years. That is why we as young people should do the same.
1: Thank you for that answer. So tell me more about why the upcoming dredging project of the channel in 2023
2: is so important. The dredging of the Martin Peña channel is very important. First, because it's an issue of environmental health and therefore a health issue for all residents in the communities surrounding the Martin Peña channel. It is a right everybody has as citizens. In addition, this would include a diminution of the floods that occur in our communities and the surrounding areas, like Puerto Rico's principal airport. Also, it would help the flow of the water from the San Juan Bay the San Jose Lagoon, and all the bodies that belong to the San Juan Estuary. It will also benefit all of Puerto Rico because it will enrich its overall flora and fauna.
1: Those are very important points. Tell me a bit about what the impacts are that the community's youth experience due to the current state of the channel. What happens to the schools when it rains a lot, for example?
3: For a very long time, I'm now 19. When I was in elementary school, it literally has been about 10 years. The schools that I studied in surrounded the community, and one of them specifically was right there by the channel. Every time it rained, even for 30 minutes, the school would always flood, particularly in the exit area. The teachers had to call our parents to come pick us up early from school. Many parents would have to take off their shoes and roll up their pants to come pick us up with their umbrellas and carry us on their shoulders because the flooding in the area was so much, and it was so dangerous for us as small children to get wet with that dirty water. They would always have that struggle. In almost every school, the situation still happens. With every rainfall, there are very strong floods. Now, after Hurricane Maria, it is terrible in the communities, but now everybody is able to see that because a lot of news has traveled around the world.
1: Can you share your experience and your community's experience in the aftermath
2: of Hurricane Maria? It's Cristal speaking. During the passage of Hurricane Maria, my family, similar to many families in all of Puerto Rico, lost our house. It was a moment of desperation, right, to feel how our home was falling apart and we were right there witnessing everything. Also, we suffered a lot of flooding in my community, and it affected us as a family because we could not get out of our house because we were completely surrounded by water. We could not go out to help other neighbors as a consequence of the water being pretty high, maybe even higher than knee length, and so we could not go out to help anybody. Notwithstanding, I can say that my experience is surely the same experience as other families in Puerto Rico, that the first aid that we received was the aid from our community. A community that has organized leaders that know their community, know the needs of their residents, and even while they were collectively having a lot of issues in their houses themselves, they mobilized to communicate, to speak with the people, to help the people, even while having issues due to the hurricane.
0: When the hurricane passed, it affected us quite a bit in our communities due to the lack of electricity and the debris left in the sewers that caused large floods. And due to the damages our houses suffered, we had to put up blue roof tarps and some of them stayed up for
3: more than four months. During Hurricane Maria's passing, I couldn't sleep from the moment the hurricane entered Puerto Rico until it left due to the abrupt shaking. I felt like I was in a ship at sea and that the sea was very choppy I mean, like, if the sea was unruly, and I didn't manage to shut my eyes at any moment. It was a horrible experience because I was seeing that my house was flooding, even while being on the second floor. It it was, for me, a very hard and ugly thing to see, that what you think is secure for you, the four walls of your home, starts to flood from the inside due to the filtration of the water, through the roof and from under the doors. The strong winds trying to open the doors. It was a horrible sight.
1: Thank you so much for sharing those experiences. As young people, do you worry about the future impacts that could
0: happen to your
1: communities due to climate change?
0: I say yes. The change that will happen in the climate will be irreversible in the course of eight years, in 2030, according to meteorologists and it will affect us on the coast due to sea level rise and it will cause a shortage of potable water.
1: And what are your aspirations for the future of your
2: communities and the youth of the Martín Peña Channel area? One of my aspirations for my communities and our youth is the dredging of the Martín Peña Channel. I understand that for generations, the families in the communities have been waiting for the floods to occur less frequently. Also, for our youth and children to have the right to a dignified education, for the Puerto Rico government to not continue attacking the communities by closing schools, and also for our youth and children to continue to get involved in the battles affecting our
0: communities and our island. One of my aspirations is for young people to continue involving themselves in their communities because it's their future and their children's future.
3: Similar to what my companions have said, those two points are very important, the dredging of the channel and young people's involvement in their communities, because nowadays, not many young people pay attention to everything. And finally,
1: is there anything else that you want the people who are listening to learn about the youth of the communities of the Martin Peña channel area?
0: It's Jamie speaking, and I think that young people should be considered more in the decision-making processes because we too have things to contribute and our opinions should be valued.
2: It's Cristal speaking, and I hope that people know that the youth and the other residents of the communities of the Martín Peña channel have a voice. But we haven't been heard, and that's another issue. We're watching, we're overseeing, and we're ready to continue fighting for our communities. We know the importance of the organization of communities and we invite other communities and young people to organize in order to fight for their rights.
3: It's Marita speaking, and I wish that young people would stop thinking that because they are from El Barrio, they are not as important as others. I wish that they were capable of saying what they think without the fear of hearing others say, because you're from El Barrio, your opinion doesn't count. We are all equal. We are all important.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your thoughts. For the people who are interested in learning more about the group, you can find them through the Facebook page of Proyecto Enlace del Caño Martín Peña. Thank you. We also wanted to extend a special thank you to the ELI staff that helped with the English recording of this episode. Thank you to Jen Norman, Rebecca Ramirez, and Georgia Ray for being the voices of our interviewees.
0: Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you, so please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member please visit our website at www.eli.org.